Hey, I'm Sydney Latwako, host of Something to Share, where we give Bachelor Nation and other inspiring guests a platform to speak on what really matters to them right now with candid and important conversations you won't find anywhere else. Join us every Wednesday for unique stories you do not want to miss. Hi, Rammies. Welcome back to Right Guests Only, where we interview interesting people about a juicy subject from history. This time, we have Quinn92 as our third co-host as he explains the Enron stock scandal to us. Back in 2015, Quinn92 emerged with a disarmingly catchy and dynamic personal style of his own. He's accumulated over 3.5 billion streams across his catalog and earned successive platinum singles, including Kings of Summer with AOK, Straight Jacket, and Love Me Less with Max. He also happens to be a Rammy. In 2021, his album Change of Scenery 2 captured number one on the Apple Pop chart and number one on the Spotify US debut album chart. Not to mention, he has sold out headline tours coast to coast, selling over 350,000 tickets as a headliner, and graced the stages of festivals such as Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, Firefly, Governor's Ball, Summerfest, and Electric Forest. Now he kicks off his next chapter with his debut single for Republic Records, Backpack. Let's talk to Quinn92. Welcome back, Rammies. We are so excited today to have our second guest episode. There's not just two of us in the room right now. Which, oh, this is our first time with three people in our recording studio. Crazy. It's exhilarating. Crazy. Reveal yourself. I was like, I was like waiting <laughs> to say something. <laughs> now you've broken the seal. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for having me on the podcast. Oh my gosh, you, so I'm such a big fan. Oh, I mean, stop. you guys already know this, but my wife and I watch or watch listen all the time. Oh God. Took Flatter a French us. road trip, and it was like you guys were the voices in our heads the entire trip. I'd just like to apologize, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> more than anything. It was perfect. It was perfect. You guys, we have none other than Sir Queen Ninety Two. Sir. Yes, I've yes. heard. That is how we'll, we will be referring to you throughout the episode. Sir Quinn just call me no, just call me Mike. Just for the uh, sake of everyone listening, I Mike. would. Yeah, that's my real name. Okay, Mike. perfect. Yeah. If you didn't know, now you know. Yes, now you know exactly. Ah, oh, but this yeah, thank you guys for having me. Oh I'm so pumped to be here, and we've got a doozy on our hands. I can't I mean, wait. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. Of wanting to have you on, and also picking exactly which topic. And then when you came at yeah. us with Enron, I've never even. I don't even know why I chose Enron, honestly. <laughs> Sometimes it just comes to you in a moment mm-hmm. of, you know, vulnerability. Right. And what mm-hmm. I was saying to, I, was, I mentioned to Tess, I was like, I'm so not a numbers person. So this is like the opposite topic that I should be choosing. I literally, this is an accounting, like Enron really did a bunch of shit. Like they weren't just like a, like a number, like when you think Enron, I think of like just money and like financial stuff. Right. But they actually had like a hand in so many different departments and stuff. And so that was my misconception. But mainly what they dealt with was like accounting. And I failed my account or no, I passed my accounting exam like by like I got like a D 
a D, I think. Oh, I feel that. A 1.5, I think, is what they graded a, it as. A D sounds good to yeah. me. <laughs> and that's why I heard that. Heard that. And uh, and that's how I graduated college. I'm not that, not even exaggerating. I, like, by the skin of my teeth, it was through my accounting exam. So you I mean, good for you. So for I'm an expert. Going to college, honestly. And you were with the right people because Claire and I talk a lot about our um, struggles in, in certain subjects, mostly in math. Mm-hmm. Chemistry. Oh, fuck chemistry. <laughs> and um, I didn't mind chemistry econ. actually that much. Econ. Like, yeah, oh I know. I know. Oh my That's God. math and science together. I know. I know. It's cruel. I know. It's a lot. But hey, well, good for you. I'm not going to yeah. yuck your yum. <laughs> Enjoy chemistry. Um, but no, so I'm super psyched. Before we get started, though, yes. did we want to talk bu- about Titanic? Because <gasps> Tess is giving me the Titanic eyes. Like, we need to talk about this. Thank right. you. Those are undeniable eyes. <laughs> yeah. People know it. They love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing it there. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, so when we first met at Trivia Night, probably, I yes. think it was last fall, maybe, is when... when yeah. Oh, yeah. I th- yeah, I think so. Um, Claire had told me, she was like, well, you know that Mike is a big Titanic fan. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying, I think it's hard to find our kind out there. Mm-hmm. And like, just for a quick second, because obviously our first episode ever was Titanic. That was a huge inspiration to start the show. Was it the first one? I didn't know. It that. was the first really? episode ever. We Why had a Titanic. Like, just I'm curious. Well, we first recorded Prohibition, <laughs> and that was tough <laughs> all around. And then we recorded Titanic second, and we were just like, Tess is so passionate about it. Yeah, it yeah. had to be the first. Yeah, it had to be the first. And I think a question for you would be. Did the movie ignite your passion for it, or did you have a passion for the history of the actual boat that then you were like? I didn't even know, so I watched the movie for the first time when I was like, how old were you, by the way? Because I don't want to say my age, because I might be too young. I, I th- I'm i 91, so I, I'm a year older yeah. than you, so I think I watched it for the first time when I wasn't supposed to when I was seven? Yeah, okay, so yeah, I was like eight or nine. Okay. And I remember like my parents were like, when the painting scene comes uh-huh. up, they're like, look away, and I was like, what is this? And then you're like, I have to look yeah, more. Yeah, right, Yeah, right. of course. Um, so I didn't even know, I say that because I didn't even know about like the actual, sh- I thought it was a fake story. Mm. Uh, and well, we then, wanted to believe that. Mm-hmm, we did. And then I realized that it was true, and then I think that's what got me even more into it, because I was so much more fascinated about the whole deal. And yeah. and yeah, I think, so to answer your question, I think the movie, I like went into it very like naive, and I was just like, oh, I'm nine years old, and <laughs> that woman's naked getting yeah. painted, and oh, there's an iceberg. And Shane yeah, Moore. Yeah, it t- took a big turn, and then, totally. and I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually a very like, one of the craziest stories of like human history probably and isn't it funny that our parents were like don't watch the scene when she's nude but the rest of the movie there's someone that gets killed by dropping into a propeller yes (laughs) and they're like that's okay watch away (laughs) (laughs) you've got to learn at some point but do not see any boobs good god but i feel the same way i just feel like the story's so crazy that that happened and like yeah. Something about it being a maiden voyage, it just like gives me chills down my spine to even like but think about it. There's like a romantic aspect to it and yeah. yeah, it's like death and love and It is. It's all the things yeah. and just like god damn, where did we go wrong? Yeah. That we failed that shit. Yeah. Yeah. We failed it, the three of us. <laughs> no, yeah, we did. It was the three of us. <laughs> That's how I feel. It is something to watch the two of you just talk <laughs> about this. Honestly, yeah. if everyone have a little watch party. Yeah. And we oh should. my god, we should. That would actually be very fun. That would be fun. Do you want to be on a Patreon and recap the Titanic with us? <laughs> yes. I, we have to do it. Oh, God. It's going to be intense. It's I can already tell. I know. That would be very fun. It's been done now. Uh. Let's shift gears, though. <laughs> okay. You're right. You're right. Uh, fair, if fair, you fair. love the Titanic, you're going to love Enron. Oh, my God. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. So, um, guys, I told you before, but just for all the, uh, the Rammies listening, mm-hmm. I wanted to start the episode with, like, kind of putting myself in the shoes of a financial advisor back in, like, the year 2000 Oof, yeah. because this is the height of enron this uh-huh. is like they they are like i'm not even exaggerating 
like the most sought after company to invest in. It's like if you want to make a quick buck and that's being like that's not even a good example. Like that's not a good way to say it because a lot of people made a shit ton of money off this. But if you wanted like any money, this was the place to invest. So I'm going to like brief you on like kind of like what went down if I was pitching you this stock mm-hmm. back in the day because they were stock. Um, Wait, so is Enron – what is Enron? Is it a financial company? So Am I, I jumping the gun? I'm going to get to that. Okay, sorry, yes, sorry, sorry. Yes. Just, I've never been in this I, position. I, I, basically, <laughs> I basically want you to assume you know you, you know that it's just like a sure-proof way of making money. Okay, gr- great. That's all you need Say to know. Say no more. I'm Pretty much excited. that's how I invest in stocks. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm just same. Like, yeah, don't I'm know just what like, you guys do. I'm yeah. a huge yeah. investor, so. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly like have gotten into stocks recently. Oh well, good for you, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to advise me at some point. I will. I okay. Will. Show. Show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. Show. Okay. Show. Show. We begin. All right. Mm-hmm. So you guys have the three images that I texted you, and I'll explain that as we talk, just so people can get a a clear image of what we're talking about here. Perfect. Okay. Claire and Tess. Yes. I've looked over all the numbers and data, and I strongly advise you ladies to invest in this company called Enron. They're one of the fastest growing and most respected companies around today. I'll show you a few numbers to support my advice. As a financial advisor, I look at companies' revenue, debt, past stock trends, etc. Here's Enron's revenue over the past five years. So if you guys want to pull up that image I sent you, uh-huh. it's the one with the green line. Okay. We'll post this on Instagram so everyone can follow yeah. along. So everyone knows, yeah. So basically, guys, what they're looking at right now is the sort of like five-year traje- trajectory of Enron's revenue. And it's pretty staggering. It's going – I don't know why my uh, image isn't loading. Here we go. It goes from 1996. It's in millions, by the way, because you see oh. it's – Thirteen million dollars, roughly. Ninety-seven, it's twenty million. Ninety-eight, uh, thirty-one million. Ninety-nine, forty million. And then in the year two thousand, they get up to a hundred million. So like, all signs point to like, okay, yeah, We're I growing. want some of that. Like, of course. Yeah, I'll invest whatever you think I should. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's go there. Here's Enron's revenue. Okay, here we go. I also checked out their debt, and it's very reasonable. <clears throat> it's very reasonable compared to their equity, meaning that they're in great standing with creditors mm. and have a very low chance of going bankrupt. Mm. As far as stock trends, here's a graph of Enron's stock prices over the last three years. Now go to the second image, not the one that tanks, but the oh, that's <laughs> the what I'm looking the at. The like one, yeah, yeah. You're already getting a <laughs> glimpse of what we're about to mm-hmm. talk the journey, about here. The journey. But again, okay. it goes from um, sorry, my laptop's being a little slow. It goes from a starting price of twenty dollars worth a share, all the way up to eighty dollars by the year two thousand. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, not two thousand. It's a three-year three year span, so I think it's actually... 98 to 2000. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. 2000. So basically what I'm saying is like... You're right. All signs are pointing that this is like a great company to invest in. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, as far as... Star- um, sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. Just three years ago, they were in the $20 range. Today, the year 2000, the individual shares go for over $80. So would you ladies like to invest? Based on all of this data... <laughs> yeah. Make us yeah. rich. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Okay. And, okay, to be clear, back in 2000, almost everyone who had interest in the stock market and making money was either invested in Enron or was told by advisors that this was like, like I said earlier, like, you're an idiot if you don't do this. Wow. Like, like, uh, yeah. Even if you had no experience in, like, like trading and investment, like, this was, like, a very, sh- like, like, it was new, but also people were so confident about it. So the advisors were genuinely like, this is a good idea. They weren't trying to, like, fuck them over. 100%. Everyone yeah. was like, it wasn't even like, there wasn't even an ounce or, like, 
whiff of like conspiracy in the air. It was like this is great. Like these guys are n- know what they're doing, and yeah, uh, it's d- awesome. Done, done, done. Yeah, yeah, done, done, done. Yeah. Um, you om- yeah, like I said here, you almost look dumb if you weren't investing in companies and Enron if Enron wasn't a part of them. Um, okay, guys, you're both officially investors in Enron. I love this. It's yeah. like I feel like I'm on the Oregon Trail. Oh, oh my, my god. god, that's a great, great it's, reference. It's giving Oregon. <laughs> it's giving Oregon Trail energy. <laughs> Who's gonna die yeah. of tuberculosis? Yeah, yeah. All of everyone us. starts eating each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let's fast forward one year and see how your investments are doing. Mm. Um, so go ahead and pull up that last photo that I sent you, where the blue line just kind of goes <laughs> south. <laughs> so. Again, this was like very, very shocking to people at the time. But in literally one year, Enron, um, their stock shares were priced per share at eighty dollars, and they went down to fifty to sixty cents in oh my one God. in one year, with like no, oh, no shit. reason, no explanation. It just like plummeted. So you guys have both, I'm sorry, have both essentially lost all your money. Oh, so I, I was prepared. And what we didn't even ask about was like, you know. Let's say, Claire, you wanted to invest $20,000. Let's just say you had that burning a hole in your pocket. Let's say it. Like, that's just gone, you know? And, like, so, like, people either lost, like, hundreds to quite literally, like, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's Out of nowhere. It's also, like, so everyone's saying it's so sure. And then, yikes, 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 yikes. This might be a stupid question, but what was, like, the economic um, atmosphere in this mm. country at this time? Like, 98, like, 2001. Like, Not great, right? Like, economy? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't find, like, the state of the economy at the time. I did as much, and I'll, I'll, like, give you guys my sources and stuff, but everyone that I kind of looked up, they didn't, it, they didn't say, like, at this time, like, inflation rates were up or low. It wasn't, right. like, it, they didn't give me, like, a good explanation of, like, how the economy was doing. Um we were all I, eating like Dunkaroos. Yeah. yeah, we were like everything. I mean, this I mean, 2001 was a dark time. So I'm this happened though. Oh yeah, September 11th. Yes, yes, yes. No, I was, I was just gonna say. So this happened in December of 2001, just after basically September 11th. Yikes. So, yeah, the economy probably was not doing well. Not like, great. I, not a good time. I would imagine for anything. No. Yeah, and we were like, I was in the fourth grade, so I don't really remember. No. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. But I could imagine it wasn't doing that that hot. God damn. Um, let's see. Enron was valued at $60 billion and in just a couple months went completely bankrupt. So, how did we get there? That's, you know, what the hell happened? What the hell happened? Um, let's go back to the beginning. Ah. Let's go dun, back. Dun, dun. Yeah. Back to the beginning. You know it. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Hillary Duff. Let the rain <laughs> Oh, that song. <laughs> the Laguna <laughs> Beach theme song. Oh, thank yes. you. Thank you for taking it there. Oh, oh wow. We yeah. actually have a singer I wouldn't be here. a musician if I didn't know that song. <laughs> of course. Oh. It's what yeah. made all of us. Hillary, yeah. you yeah. are with us always. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear something crazy, actually? Wait. Hillary Duff was the first, like, celebrity to post one of my songs Stop. on her Facebook page. On her Facebook yes. page? Yes. Wow. Was it public? Pop- yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like an artist's Facebook page. It was like Hillary Duff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think she it, it doubled as her personal page. Uh, and she posted my song, Kings of Summer, and I was like featuring, or not, I was the featured artist, I should say, my friend Alex's song, technically. You're, you're <laughs> um, whatever. You're, it's, you're whatever. the guest on yeah, here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Fuck that you, song, Alex. by the way. Thank you. Um, when I first got on Spotify and I had a 2015 playlist, that was one of the songs on that playlist. Oh and gosh. I remember it so vividly. Stunning. I need to inhale for a second. Because <laughs> I'm in such shock. <laughs> 
Um, thank you. That's so nice of you, Doss. Oh, so thank good. you. So good. Um, let's go back to the beginning, though. So all you Hillary Duff fans, you're going to love this part. <laughs> so <laughs> Enron forms in 1985. They merge. Um, I didn't find the names of the companies, but it was a merger. So two companies mm. joined and formed Enron. Okay. They're two energy companies. So that's what Enron is, Claire. You were asking me, like, yes. what, what? So they're they're primarily an energy company, which, like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. You know? Yeah, you think it's a good thing, right? Maybe. No, or do you know? Energy I, companies. I, when I, I think of energy, I would think of, like, progressive energy. <laughs> I don't know. Progressive <laughs> energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what we all strive yeah. to have. Energy from the stars. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could say. From the stars. And the moon. You could say. That's Enron, right? So that's Enron, yeah. Okay, got it, got from it. From the stars, that's Enron. That's Take their no more. Yeah. Enron starts as an energy supply company, mainly focusing on natural gas. That's when Enron. That's what Enron was, an energy company. But even that is an oversimplification because they did so many different things as a business, as I pointed earlier, that investors were like, we don't know what you guys do. That's mm-hmm. the one thing I want to say. Like The whole thing about the story is like, even I, who just spent like eight hours researching this, I still don't really get it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like you just, it, it just comes to a point where like certain businesses are so like lucrative that you're just like, I trust you. You're like on the up and up. I'm going to give you some of my money. That's how they get you, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Just like, yeah, you look Fake cool. Fake it you make Everyone it. Seriously, has a part of it. But that's the shadiness of it. And as right. we'll see, it's like no one knew exactly what was going on except the guys in, in Enron. And that played to their downfall for sure. Oh, God. Um, Let's see. Among those things would be work with broadband trading, trading, which is trading through the use of high speed internet. So back when like AOL, this was like right when the internet was like starting to boom, Popping off. boom a bit. Yeah. Oh, so it makes that's me nostalgic. Yeah, that's actually a good point to to uh, to make right now. Is that this was like Enron was the first company that kind of got on the like trend of using the internet as a way to like trade and like be a business person and like make money and stuff pioneers pioneers yes we love a pioneer oh, we, we sure do Oregon yes. Trail <laughs> yeah. yes. this is the Oregon <laughs> Trail <laughs> <laughs> they even traded weather now I tried looking up what this meant but essentially they were betting on what the weather was going to be I know that's like a bad description and I know people who do know this story will be like that's not the right way to say it but basically Whatever. like Basically, like, if the weather, if the climate changed a certain degree, it would shift in demand or, like, no demand with for natural gas. That makes sense. Yeah. So, based on, like, the climate, demand for certain other things either increased or decreased. So, they were, like, making money off predicting what the temperatures were going to be. It's, I, again. Can you imagine? <laughs> it might be an easier job in L.A. Right? Yeah, seriously. Just, I like, mean, yeah. Sunny with a chance of sunny. We, <laughs> we thrive. And they're like, millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was founded. Okay, so that's the gist of the company as they started. That was like their intention. It was just energy. It was founded by a man named Kenneth Lay. Growing up in a poor family, Kenneth's father was a Baptist priest. Now, I know it's funny because it all comes back to weird. Always. Weird it's religious family. <laughs> it's literally always. If it's not the mom, it's the dad. You're right, right, a Baptist right. Priest is intense. I literally was reading that today. I was like, I know we're gonna laugh about that because yeah. and there and, it is. And like as a as a Rammy fan, as a Rammy, oh. I know uh, <laughs> I know how like deep rooted this show is in like weird like family trauma. Yeah, yes, it all yes, comes yes, from yes. family trauma. Yes. Um, okay. Sure. Kenneth Kenneth would often ponder his future and how he would bec- or, and how he could escape his conditions. When he grew up, Kenneth became a prominent figure in the deregulation of the energy sector, which ironically aims to prevent energy monopolies by increasing competition. So essentially what it does is it makes sure that like 
there isn't one company sort of conquering everything. It like it's a very like actually like sort of hippie way of looking at yeah, business. Yeah, no, it it's sounds like great. We want everyone to succeed, and energy should be shared for everyone because yeah. certain people are in different like societal structures and need different things from energy. Yeah, and, when like, monopolies happen, it gets dangerous. Right, right. Yeah. And so he was like kind of a free spirit growing up, and and so like on paper, this guy seems like a cool like liberal like progressive thinking energy man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Kenneth would later spend time as a financial analyst at the Pentagon before climbing the ranks and becoming close friends with George Bush Sr. Oh, oh interesting. Yes. Not so liberal. Yes. So now, yeah, it changes a bit. Okay. He would even years later, and this is just down the line, but just to give you an example of like how tied they were, or he was, I'm sorry, to the Bush family. He would even years later send the Enron private jet to pick up George Sr. and his wife Barbara to take them to George W.'s inauguration. So, like, Enron was, like, shuttling the ex-president. But also, like, Kenneth, that's not very, like, effective for the environment. No. Ooh. 100% actually. Kenneth? The, I, I think that's the irony with these companies is that mm-hmm. it's, like, they're billionaires, trillionaires, and, like, yep. they're going to have private jets, obviously. And, like, Leo. Totally. Not, not to bring it, but full circle. Well, we always have to Leo. bring it back to Leo. Yeah. And the private jets and his environmental. It's just sometimes a little hypocritical. That's a very good point. Yeah. We don't Although, like, if someone were to be like, do you want to fly on a private jet right now? Absolutely. Of course. Yes. <laughs> sure, I love the environment, there. but, yeah, I would love a quick <laughs> flight to Vegas. I would never <laughs> say no. Same, I would same. never say yeah. no. No, 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 me either. If we could record an episode on one. That would be cool. That would be cool. I don't know what the Wi-Fi would be like. but It would be tough, oh. but we'll figure it out. We yeah. always do. We always do. Um, as we'll see later, that these, these favors did not go unreturned from George W. Bush. Oh. So he kind uh-huh. of has George. Uh, George, the George Jr. George, George Jr. Yeah. He's like, you're the man, Kenneth. I'm going to I'm gonna throw you a bone later mm. when I'm president. Mm. Yeah, okay. What a time. What so a time. to understand um, Enron's sort of like corrupt business, um, how do you say, like like their ethics in general, their moral compass, and I should probably say lack of, we have to go back to 1987 with this thing called the Valhalla Scandal. And this happens when two oil traders, now, okay, this is something I just learned today too, which I'm sure people do know about, but I wasn't that privy to, uh, oil trading. You can bet on oil. You can gamble on oil. So... In 1987, two oil traders make bets for Enron on whether the price of oil is going to rise or fall. That's basically what it is. It's actually not that crazy to think about. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, I just didn't know you could do that. Yeah, no. We oil don't. trading is like gambling. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Mm. But strangely, Enron oil always seemed to win. And much to Kenneth's delight, he was like, fuck yeah, let's keep doing this shit. I don't know how we're winning. He in, by, oh. by the way, he, he was like, let's just keep going. So he wasn't being shady. He, I don't think he so was that's being. That's what he claimed. That's the thing. Okay. He, oh, okay. And he goes under oath lots of time during oh. this story of like, I wasn't aware. Like, hey, we've seen I that didn't, before. I didn't know you guys were doing that. <laughs> and like, yeah. So it's a bit sketchy. Yep. Mm-hmm. But on as on like on paper right now, he's like, oh yeah, you guys are making money for me. That's great. Let's keep it doing. Let's mm-hmm. keep going. Um, as seen in the Enron documentary, which by the way, now I should probably cite my sources. So let me just cite them. Let me just scroll oh. up. There. Don't laugh at me. I chose two YouTube channels as as two of the four. I don't oh know God. if you guys do that Look, or not. We do like Wikipedia. We, do everything. we say com, that so. history.com is our mother because we can trust her, and Wikipedia is our stepfather because we can't always trust him, but he's always there for us. But we get he's the a information. Little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Love that. Exactly. All right. So uh, I got a uh, my first my first site is um, this this channel called Company Man, which is the one that actually gave me that like the thing we just did in the beginning, mm-hmm. the sort of financial advisor like 
rapport of like how you would uh, speak to an investor and all that stuff. Love that. Love how Cold, it. Cold Fusion TV, which was the next one. Um, great. Like both these guys have like three million subscribers. They just talk about like historical events, basically like random stuff. Um, CNN, if you've heard, I've heard, and the Washington Post again. Great. Small boutique. Yeah, right. small boutique. Yeah, support uh-huh. local business. And the f- <laughs> and the movie Enron, the smartest guys in the room, which I actually really advise everyone to watch if they want to get a better idea of Who's all this. Who's in it? Um, no names. Like, oh. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I love this. At least, at least, I, at least, I didn't, rec- I didn't recognize anybody. Mm. I know that's not nobody. That's n- yeah, <laughs> literally nobodies. Yeah. Nobody. Like I see. Yeah. No, they're those are humans. I should probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're we'll look that up Sorry. later. Yeah. yeah no, I, I see. Be so lucky. They're like on the other end, like punching their <laughs> <laughs> steering wheel. Unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so strangely, Enron Oil, which is, a, or, or I'm sorry, oil trading, which is a, like a predominantly very like 50-50 situation, Enron always had success. And as seen in the Enron documentary, ex-Enron executive Mike Muckleroy, I hope I'm saying that right, is interviewed and expresses on camera how much he would warn Kenneth Lay, the uh, founder, of the risks of oil trading and the potential financial loss that could come from it. He says, and I quote, you could easily lose 10 times your original investment, like, out of nowhere, which is nuts. Like, Mm-mm. I, like, sports gamble, for example, and if someone was like, you would lose 10x of what you just put down, I'd be like, I would never do that. Yeah, but why would you? Right, right. Granted, I don't have the money that <laughs> Ken has. You don't have oil money, Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we're working what are you guys on it. We're working we're, on we're, it. Yeah. I have olive oil money. But oh, love <laughs> that. We do love it. Canola oil. Um, <laughs> yeah, he says you could easily lose 10 times your original investment, but Ken did not waver. People soon start to think something's a little fishy on how much Enron is succeeding in oil trading. Something weird must be going on. Well, there was. An anonymous tip comes in that focuses on Enron's president, Louis Borget. Borget? Borget. Which is funny also because he's the this guy's the president of the company and Ken is the founder. But when you think the president is the founder, I'd always get that. Well, especially if it's oh like yeah. new. Like if they've been doing it for years and right. years and years. Right. Someone gets tired and they're like. It sounds like Kenny. 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 Yeah, oh, if Kenny. I may. You're <laughs> casual with him now. <laughs> if I may. <laughs> if I may. Like, I don't know. I don't trust him already. I feel like he's being lazy. And like, I don't, I don't trust I, him either. You'll see everyone here is just like money hungry. Like, mm. to the full extent. Like, mm-hmm. n- no one really gives a shit if it's shady or not. It's just, like, is it putting dollars in my is pocket? Is this happening yeah. in New York? Uh, This is happening in New York. Okay. Uh, that yeah. Why figured. is it always happening but in New York, this kind they're, of stuff? They're, 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 they're in New York, but they're based out of Houston, Texas. But I don't For think For the they, oil? Yes. Makes and sense. the energy? Yes. I don't and think the bushes? In the bushes. Okay. Well, there you go. The Texas combination. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, yeah. what a dark combo for states. <laughs> yeah. New York and Texas. Yes. Like, you're always like, huh? Yeah. I actually, no, no, to be honest, I think at this point they were only strictly in Texas. And mm. then years later when they see more success, they moved to New York. Got but, it. Because most of the downfall happens in New York. Okay, got it. Um, but we'll start, we'll stay back in Texas. So this guy, Louis Borgay, is the president. And um, an anonymous tip comes in that focuses on him. Apparently, Borgay, I really hope I'm saying that right, has taken over $3 million in corporate funds and has put it into his own personal account. Upon further investigation was the discovery of offshore accounts, phony books, like phony like account like like marking and stuff, um, and a trail that led from the company's treasurer, Tom Mastroani, to a mysterious Lebanese man that no one could find using the name the name he gave was M. Yas, which which <laughs> is 
my ass. Like, like they Wait, were, stop. It, it's oh like, my God. yeah. So, so <laughs> it, it's like a. So what they found was that it's these two guys in Enron that just were like, we're gonna make up a fake dude's name to send this money to, and an, an account name, and they just Smart. chose. Um, yes, and they called him Lebanese. I don't know why. I can <laughs> I don't just make him Lebanese. See them like yeah. giggling to themselves. Yeah, like, like we're it's like my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> simple joys yeah. in life. And they're grown men. Like, yeah. let's just keep that in mind. Also. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we probably said worse. Yeah. So, yeah. so Borgay and Mastroeni are summoned to Houston, back down to headquarters to meet with Enron. The present, um, um, wait, sorry. The present falsified bank records to. Oh. I'm sorry. They present. Mm-hmm. God, this June shine is really kicking. It, it does when at least. Do we have more? Yes, we oh, have more. Oh, so much stuff. Here, I'll go get some stuff. Oh yeah, for everyone listening at home, Tess and I have polished off a, a bottle break. of white wine. Perfect. Mike has drank um, June shine cocktail. Vodka soda, June shine. Shout out to June shine also. The Always shout out to June shine. Neighborhood. Uh, I don't even want to call them a bar. They're just like. They just are. They just are. And it's funny, okay, this is a good segue to say that, so so Rammies know that Claire and Tess like to always <laughs> have something on uh, ice when they're, when they're uh-huh. doing these. And Tess was like, what I- what's the alcohol you want for your episode? And I, and, and truly just out of, truly just, uh, truly, geez. Truly. Really we, we, we got asked, yeah. yeah, did you notice that we say that a lot? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, that's why, that's why I just <laughs> went back to it. Which you guys should be drinking Trulys, by the way. Truly. I have never I don't think they're that good, though. Truly. Personally, truly. God, well, truly. we were going to ask for a sponsorship, but now we can't. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that is a good idea. Yeah, truly. No, but it's funny. I was saying, we'll Tess, you, you asked me, you're like, what, you know, what booze do you want? And I was like, I don't, and, and out of just, I just didn't really care, honestly. And the more I was looking into the story, I was like, maybe it's better because these guys, this is like a Wolf of Wall Street environment. Like, these dudes didn't care what they were drinking. No. Didn't mm-hmm. care what they were snorting. And we wish yes. we could have brought you, like, a martini. Do you like martini? Oh, yeah, we yes. tried one, like. Oh, fuck Didn't you try your first one with me? I tried my first with 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 Claire, a gin <gasps> martini. Wow, that's that's really iconic of you, Claire. It, thank you so much. Tess and I drink gin martinis only, just forever, and that's the original way to drink <laughs> martini. <laughs> forever. I also ever love ever. olives, though, so that's why me I too. think I love oh. martinis. Yeah, it's kind of a businessman drink. It definitely is. So maybe, that, maybe that's what we should have had. We're businessmen. Next episode, you come on. Yeah. Yes. Martinis this is only the beginning. Martinis all around. Yes. Right. Yes. Show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say as much, as much as I can today. <laughs> we love um, upon further investigation, like I said, offshore accounts were found, phony books, and a trail that led from the company's treasurer, Tom Mastroeni, to a mysterious Lebanese man named M.Y. M. Yass, my ass. <laughs> Borgay and Mastroeni, so that this is the president and another executive, are summoned to Houston to go meet with Enron. They present falsified bank records to auditors and later admit to moving company profits into personal accounts. Auditors warned Ken Lay that they are manipulating, um, be, that they are manipulating earnings, destroying daily trading records, and probably gambling way beyond their limits. So just like reckless guys, like they're just like Chaos. they don't care. And this is Ken's time to shine. This is Ken. His good guy moment is right now. Mm. He goes. Despite all this, Ken Lay still says, "You know what? You guys are." company you guys are this company's like only source of steady income like at the time enron wasn't that like popping it Mm. was just like a couple things they had their hands in and then this oil trading thing was like what was really the lucrative like aspect of the company Mm. so he was like i don't give a shit keep doing what you're doing guys he was like auditors i respect your opinion or maybe he didn't say that but he was like (laughs) borgay and mastroini like just keep doing your stuff and they even sent an official letter to them saying Please keep making us millions. 
Oh my god. Yeah. He so literally like, heartless, didn't give a shit. No, no, like truly like heartless people. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that they were really good friends? I don't know. I didn't I didn't Doesn't I didn't, matter when you're making money, right? Yeah. I honestly don't think any of these guys were friends. Yeah, it they was didn't just give a like shit. it was just like we had a mutual interest in making money. Yeah, like no love there. Just yeah. for just one money. purpose. Yeah. So Ken encourages them to gamble even more, but unfortunately 2 months later they would lose ninety million dollars of company money, so they're like fucked. Like this should kind of be the rap on Enron, and Ken Lay would later claim that he was fully unaware of how reckless his traders were and had no idea of their behavior. Again, him, he's just like playing stupid. Kenny, and he knows. He fucking Kenny. knows. You yeah. told them yeah. to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Kenny. Um, one of the convicted traders, Louis Bourget, the president, was sentenced to a year in prison. This is significant because it now leaves Ken Lay in a pickle. Borgay was like his moneymaker, and he needs to find a replacement that can help Enron like stay afloat. Mm. Enter Jeffrey Skilling. Skilling gets <laughs> to the company and becomes Ken Lay's biggest asset. Skilling wants to turn Enron from a gas supply company into a stock market for natural gas. So he's like the first guy that's like, I actually think we can like hit Wall Street and like make a lot of money like playing the stock game. Skilling introduces, this is very important, mark-to-market accounting to Enron. This is basically the gist of how Enron got so wealthy. It's sim- w- so mark-to-market accounting simply allows the company to write down profits in their books on the day that a deal is signed. So let me explain. For example, if Enron signs a deal worth $50 million over the next 10 years, they could write $50 million in their book the day that that day, despite Nobbing had made a penny, so saying like we already have so this money. If I was like, damn, Rams, you're going to <laughs> like, <laughs> like tell us, like you Get just, out the universe, like, yeah, like no, like please. you just signed a deal with, um, uh, I don't know, June Shine, just uh, as I'm looking at it, uh, which could be great. Call which, us, it could be yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and you and you were like, this is a, like both of you were like, yeah, I think in ten years we are gonna gross twenty million dollars. Mm. You could, based on this accounting technique. You could right now, assuming you're like a public company, I know this isn't the case, but let's just say you are. <laughs> you could be like, we're worth $20 million right now because in 10 years, that's going to be our evaluation. But like, you haven't made a single cent. So I don't know. They, they found like a loophole. This isn't legal, by the way, anymore. But back mm. then, like they were like, some, I think, yeah, Skilling, like Jeffrey Skilling found a way to like do this. And I don't know how he figured this out. But yeah, this is this is like what they did so i think they say counting that's counting your eggs before they hatch it's like the original martha stewart essentially yes is it not, well, well no. no she did insider trading but anything with stock and martha so. yeah, yeah i just related all to Martha. um it also didn't even matter if the deal fell through like even if june shine was like girls fuck you we're not doing this anymore yeah which <laughs> fair um <laughs> which by the way i'm i'm really mad i'm using them <laughs> as an example right june now like, Please. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like a hard kombucha like, company is like fuck you guys <laughs> Um, We've had worse. So, so basically, this meant the company was worth more on paper than they had actually earned. So it was just really good for like investors' sakes. It's like, guys, we're worth twenty million. Like, come invest in our company. But in actuality, they haven't made a single dollar. Mm-mm. The deals were more often than not subjective, and Enron could give a projection of whatever number they wanted and say that's how much they thought they were going to make over X amount of years but then be able to immediately write that number down as present-day revenue for the company. So they were like, we just did a deal with Pizza Hut, and we think because we're so good, we're going to make 
fifty million in ten years, they're they just wrote down fifty million. So it was like, and this is quoted. It was Jeffrey Skilling's way of saying, "This is how we made unlimited money." No kidding. Yeah. What was like the proof of documentation? Like, are these businesses just like? Yeah. Sounds like you don't even need it. So like, I'll get I'll get to that. Like mm. auditing and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. That's where again, there's so many there's so many moments where you're like. Okay, that's got like someone has to be like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't like how can this happen? How yeah. can this? Ha- yeah, exactly. How can this happen? Um, once everyone in the company catches wind to uh, catches wind to like this technique, the company celebrates. They're like, this is our key. This is our like we're gonna be billion like literally billionaires. Like yeah. not just like one of like the company. Like we are individually going to become billionaires. So they're like, fuck yeah, let's let's go, let's go. <laughs> Jeffrey Skilling, just to give context he was a very intense guy he was a firm believer in darwinism and the survival of the fittest oh boy god we're going back to yeah buckle up his favorite book was the selfish gene by richard dawkins which describes how greed and competition motivate human nature he would take employees on wild outdoor adventure retreats to grow (laughs) to grow people's charisma for the company and see who was made of what oh my god so yeah. Can you imagine this man on a date? Yeah. Oh, he'd be in. Like before we get started, <laughs> let's go whitewater rafting in <laughs> Montana. <laughs> and they'd be like, "You little bitch, you better like it." Also, what's with like? I feel like a fourth grade boy like gets obsessed with Darwinism, and then they bring this into their. <laughs> I haven't you know thought I mean? of Darwinism a day in my life. Me either, and I don't <laughs> care yeah. to. For the best. Yeah. 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 Um, it's dark. It's so dark. this guy's like, yeah, this guy, this guy's intense. One employee had to receive stitches in his face for flipping a dirt bike during a company retreat. But Skilling said he likes guys like that. Guys who are willing to take a risk. Oh, my God. He's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's just like it really, like I keep saying it, it really is like that Wolf of Wall Street like mentality. Totally. Like, those dudes just didn't have any, like, I don't know. They just were like balls to the wall and whoever's here to balls make money, wall, stay. Yeah. Yeah. At Enron, this is very fascinating. At Enron, Skilling, um, Skilling created this uh, grading scale. So he would grade employees from one to five, one being best, like you're like the shit, (laughs) five being you're the worst. (laughs) Um, The significance of this is that he required that 10% of employees had to be graded at a five, and when you were graded at a five, you were fired. So this created this like, if you're an employee of Enron, you're like, I need to impress Jeffrey Skilling and Kenneth Lay, and I need to be like a shark and make as much money for the company as possible or i'm gonna get fired because there's this grading scale so it's kind of genius if you want to make money because it incentivizes like your guys to like be like it scares people like yeah animals yeah Yeah, right um so yeah like i said like this created competition that skilling was looking for employees start working crazy hours like 18 i read like 18 hours a day people are working oh my god Yeah. 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 yeah and want to make the money or want to make the company as much money as possible so, this guy really comes at it from, like, a pretty, like, intense standpoint. Yeah. yeah. To say the least. Yeah, it seems to like a scary, like, fraternity. You what? know, like, one of those toxic, like, Ivy League fraternities. 100%. Do you think there were any women involved at all? Oh, yeah. There were women involved. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not as much, um, you'll see that there, there's a woman who, like, kind of cracks the code on everything. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, Wolf of Wall Street, there's women there. Th- yeah. There's, like, that's yeah. At least the movie shows, like, no. free. <laughs> No, you're right. Yeah, there were there were women. Yeah, yeah. It was mainly men, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So let's let's go. Let's just take a little sidetrack here to just to give you an example of like some of the and I, I I know I haven't even like touched the surface of how things crumbled. We're not even at that point yet. But just to give you an example of how there were a lot of employees at Enron that like got out of this scandal scot free, okay. like didn't have any repercussions. There's this guy, uh, Lao Pai. He's like this cute little Asian man. And he's one of the guys that rose to the top under Jeffrey Skilling's, like, be a crazy asshole moneymaker mm-hmm. guy. Like, he was, like, the guy that impressed Skilling the most. Skilling refers to him as his ICBM, his Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. <laughs> like I want that. you to start calling me that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What is it again? Joined by my inter- intercontinental <laughs> ballistic missile test. <laughs> please, please, yeah. I want. Put it on yeah. your tombstone. Yeah. Um, Lou Pai becomes CEO of Enron. Oh. oh no, I'm sorry. No. He becomes CEO of a Enron subsidiary. And I put in parentheses here just because I know a lot of people may not know what that means. I didn't know at the time. It's just a company that belongs to another company. Okay. So essentially they and, – and what, what happens is that company, when it comes to like – board meetings and votes for some sort of like action that needs to be taken they have like majority say so so it's it's like if kenneth lay is hosting a meeting and he's like guys what are we doing lao pai and his company i forgot what the company's name was can have like most of the say Mm, and it kind of works in kenneth lay's favor got it um yeah so they're referred to as a parent company got it subsidiaries um anyways um, and he's quickly recognized as an individual that is motivated by two things, money and strippers. Oh, well, hey. So, Lau. <laughs> what a dark man. Lau Pai, you know, little man. Like, you can look his photos up. He's like a nice little dude. <laughs> but it's always those like ones, aren't Love they? Strippers, it's yeah. always the small ones. Yeah. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> Short kings. Short kings. Short, Short kings. kings love strippers. <laughs> yeah, so... Pai is one of the more mysterious figures in the Enron scandal. Yeah, he would he, he would later he would later leave the company before things went south with two hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> Two is like he got he just left. Yeah, uh. he he becomes the second largest landowner in Colorado. Which think about Colorado, think of all that land. Jesus. This guy essentially becomes yeah. He would leave his business division with one billion dollars in losses and pretty much escape the entire scandal. Like Scott, oh my Scott God. Freed. Yeah, and this is one of uh, I, I didn't include all of these examples because I wanted to get to like the the meat and potatoes of like what why yeah. they crashed and burned. But like there are like like many 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 other employees that this exact same happen- thing happened to. Didn't face prison time. Like like shit really got south, and a lot of people just became like hundreds of dollars, million dollars richer with. With no consequences. Do you think they felt guilty or do you think they were so narcissistic that they were like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you would think. But then again, like, you'll see, like, I feel like they just didn't really have, like, a like moral maps. compass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know? Right. Like, if you're already on that train. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Let's fast is. forward, ladies, to the mm. year 2000. <gasps> mm. What are your thoughts on the year 2000, by the way? I don't. It's one of. Because you guys are so song. rooted in pop culture, this is yeah, what yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of. Of course, but I don't know what 2000 like had like had. Add frosted tips. Did it? Was that puka shells? It's coming yeah. out of the 90s, so it was like the mm-hmm. turn of the century. People and, like, thought the world was going to end. Yes. Oh yeah. Do you guys remember having to pray at school? I don't. 
I like a big Y2K party I went to. Yeah, yeah. I just remember that. I was like, and I was like, I still don't understand why everyone's celebrating. Like, you don't understand, like, yeah, what's going on. Celebrating or in fear. Oh. (laughs) Kind of crazy, though, that we were like, we were like alive during like a change of a century. Yeah. That is crazy. You know? That is crazy. We've been through a lot of shit. Like, most people never experience that. Right. And then the next year is September 11th. Like, what a dark time. And like, Dark time. Dark, dark time. Well, that's not fair to say. I feel like if you were like born in 1940, you could like still see it. That's true. But you, you no, like, only us. Yeah, yeah. We are the <laughs> special like, ones. Yeah, just us. Yeah, just, just this us. generation. We are 90s babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so we fast forward to year 2000. Enron is like booming. They've become a fantastic company on paper and from the perspective of future investors. People are like, this is where I was saying in the beginning. I was like, like me pitching you Enron. This is now the current state we're in, or like the, the the time frame. It's like everyone wants to get in. You can't invest quick enough. It's like a sure-proof way of making money. They were deemed Wall Street's darling, and the company that could, <laughs> <laughs> and the company that could never lose. That was a quote. Oh of, my of gosh. Like, yeah. So like, that is what's so like intriguing to me about this whole story is that like it was like no one thought this shit was gonna go south. Like nobody. They're peaking in high school. It's like the senior quarterback. It's like, this guy's never going to be yep. a loser. And then he's like, <laughs> bald for yeah. 10 yeah. years. And yeah. when you put anything on a pedestal, this is usually what happens. Yeah. Yes, yeah. always. Yeah. Um, okay, where am I? Um, they were deemed the darlings of Wall Street, the, the company that can never lose. Enron was also, as I said earlier, well-connected politically and was the single, they ended up becoming the single biggest contributor to the George W. Bush campaign. Listen, I know this happens on both sides, but like, it's just really not fair. I know it it's is fucked really up. It's really not fair. It These, is like, major corporations donating to politicians. Yeah. It happens all the time, though. Uh, all what, the time. Whether what sides. party you support. Exactly. Yeah, it's it just crazy. like, but that's crazy. Yeah. But you got to realize, though, it's like, how do these people afford to go across the country and do all this marketing? Of and, course. You know? Well, they come from wealth, and then they well, have they wealth yeah. right. given it, to them by major corporations that will it, help them out. It's a cycle. It's like the NRA. Stick it to the maniosis. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Not okay. But it is common. And it, 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 it does make sense. I, 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 it does make I sense. Suppose, I yeah. get it. But yeah. Um, George W. became so close with Kenneth Lay that he nicknamed Ken Kenny Boy, which oh. is like kind of oh. kind of gross. Haunting, <laughs> honestly. Kenny yeah. Boy? That's like a little yeah. too close for comfort. Yeah. In the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's inappropriate. <laughs> Ken, Kenny Boy. I'm trying to like, do my impression. Oh, do of it. Him. Do yeah. it. Kenny Boy. <laughs> Kenny Boy. That's terrible. Okay. Fortune magazine, um, like, you know, you hear of, like, Fortune 500. Oh, yeah, good old Fortune. Yeah. Yep. Fortune magazine has Enron in the year 2000 listed as, listed as the number one company to work for in America. So they're, like, the real deal. They're getting press. It's not just, like, he, he say, like, oh, this, this is a good yeah. company. It's, like, America knows about this this company by now. And Kenneth Lay is on the cover. Kenny Boy. Kenny <laughs> <Game> Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Rounding out, just to give perspective, uh, rounding out the top five were companies. Number two was Southwest Airlines. Okay, to work for to the work best company to work for. I was literally in America. Just, I was literally just You're about kidding. to say, is it like Southwest? I have no. That's like a known company that people but love w- working for. Wait, really? I think it has. To, you know, they're like boarding process. You know, it's it's yes. like it's like it's like, it's not first comes or is it first come it, first? Well, serve? you have to. You get assigned. Uh, I literally just flew Southwest. You get assigned um, a letter by how fast you check in. Yeah. So. Oh. They kind of right. just do things a little differently. So I uh, maybe we I'm do. not surprised <laughs> that Southwest we do things a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little differently. Just do things a little <laughs> by Southwest. Does yeah. Southwest have a first class? 
I don't know. They don't, don't have like lay so. plats. Or They're anything. like the socialist. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Airline. Yeah, yeah. But but apparently, like, and they probably do. Like you said, if you're saying that still in 2022. Yeah. They've d- they're doing something right. Like good for them. Yeah, good yeah. For them. honestly. So number two is Southwest Airlines back in two thousands. Uh, number three was MBNA, which was a bank at the time that is no longer functioning. Mm. Four Goldman Sachs, they're still kicking. Okay. And five was Continental, which is a major German automotive. Supplier. Okay. So, I just thought Southwest is interesting. Like out of those yeah, five, that yeah, that is good for Southwest. Yeah. 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 So, uh. To put things more into perspective, the way we look at companies like Google and Apple today is how people viewed Enron in the year 2000. But that's not even fully fair to say because Enron was making so much money and growing at such a rate that no one had ever seen before. So, yeah, we didn't have like iPhones back then, but like no one at the time. And I didn't realize this. And granted, we were just too young, but like they were doing things that no, like in business, no company had done before. Crazy. Yeah, and they were just like exponentially growing at a ridiculous rate. And of course they were, because they were making up everything. Like, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> like, so this like, is great for us. Right, right. So it's like, right, it's like not shocking, but like on paper, you're like, who the fuck are these Enron guys? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're like, they're, they're, they're truly, they're killing it. Yeah. Um, so what the hell happened? This is my, uh, yes. What the hell happened? What chapter happen? chapter seven. I'm breaking uh, this all down. I have these in chapters. Beautiful. <laughs> an author. That's chic, Mike. It is chic. An, an author. <laughs> so what happened? Um, well, as you know, Enron does go bankrupt. Enron officially goes bankrupt in December of 2001, and at the time, it is the largest bankruptcy in U.S. history. So I think since then, and I don't know, I didn't read, but there must have been a bigger bankruptcy. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I just feel like. Yeah. And I, I don't and I, know. off the top of my head, I can't think of who that would be, but I'm but, sure but it someone. Has, it, yeah, someone took the took the rank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone was like, "Hold my beer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold my June shine." Yeah, yeah. I got this. Yeah. It all goes back. Um, thousands of people lost their jobs, retirement funds, or uh. any other money that was tied up in Enron stock or dependent upon its success. Uh. So you also have to feel it's like not just the rich guys that got fucked. It's like, well, n- that's not even the case because a lot of rich guys got, got, off, got yeah. off scot-free. But like these are like normal Americans with everyday paint, like w- nine to fives and like yeah. middle class people. Like anyone who had a-, a cent that could invest in Enron they got really screwed. That and like sucks. that's where that's where the story really has like a like a heart string moment kind yeah. of. It's well, like sad. It's sad. It yeah. sucks. Like yeah. The American like, dream that's like crumbling yes. before your right. eyes. Right. And like how pissed would you be if like you were like these assholes oh. who just wanted to like lie and beyond. You know? And you must blame yourself too, you know? Of course. At the end of the day, you're just like, what did I do? But you know what's funny though, Tess, is that like I talked to my dad about that exact like um example and I was like I was like, how stupid were people to, because I wasn't old enough to really know, but I was like, dad, like, how, like, stupid were people to invest in this company? And he was like, you don't realize, like, again, just to kind of back up what I've been saying, like, you don't realize how, like, attractive this company came off mm-hmm. and and how, like, big it seemed for middle America, for example, of to invest yeah. in Because it wasn't, like, stock market. Like, I don't think, and I might be wrong, but I don't think Wall Street was, like, this was like the the golden age of Wall Street. This was like the early like s- like sprouts of it and yeah. like they w- they were like the first company to be like we are the top dog and everyone just followed suit and was like I'm going to give you my money. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that's cool you got to talk to your dad about it. Mm-hmm. Cuz yeah. I was going to ask like have you like Yeah. Ever- 
like go ahead and ask like someone you know who's older yeah. and like i i would be fascinated to get their opinion on it yeah because like, at first you you do want to be like what idiots invested in this company but it's like you can't really blame them yeah and no like i mean i would do it right now like mm-hmm. even like what i you know know very little about stocks why i invested i'm just like someone's telling me that it's amazing like well, literally also, like financial advisors are telling people it's amazing it's not just like randos. i have a fin- you know i have a like a business yeah guy, like yes. shout to josh like he he <laughs> yeah. tells me what to do and like you know i trust him but yes. like, at, at the end of the day like he still doesn't even know what's gonna happen a hundred percent no i was just thinking that like it's it I, really is i do that it now. really is legal gambling mm-hmm. like it, to- it, it totally is no one knows how the market's gonna go and totally yeah, whatever totally okay so what the hell happened? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Bethany McLean, a reporter at Fortune Magazine, first woman we're talking about. That's oh, right. Wow, Bethany Wow. Wow, Bethany Wow. Wow, Bethany Wow. I don't even know what that meant, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> we're all size in New York, yeah. for those of you who know. Okay. You know. As like Bethany Frankel. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mike. So I kind of know. Oh, you saw us yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Uh, um, we appreciate that. We do. This woman, Bethany, does, she works at Fortune Magazine, and uh, she's doing a piece on Enron, like, because she's like, company's popping i have to like of course figure out why they're so successful and she gets on the phone with jeffrey skilling asking questions and one of which included how exactly does enron make its money she was very blunt skilling says he can't answer because he's not an accountant and sends cfo chief financial advisor or officer i'm sorry andy fastow to speak with bethany the next day so he's kind of like I'm not going to deal <laughs> Wait, with this Jeffrey's right now. Jeffrey's like pretty high up yeah. too, right? No, he's the guy. Okay, so if Aside, I, that's that's also the weird thing. Like I keep forgetting who is the guy in charge right, here. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But it's it's basically like Kenneth Kenneth Lay founded the company, yeah. but Jeffrey's like the mind behind it. Well, that if they say I don't know how I'm not an accountant, I don't really know how we make our money. I'd be that's like, like mm. already shady. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, pushing yeah. someone in front like, of him. Yeah. Being like you tell them. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't say one thing. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, one. Well, there's energy and yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not yeah. a good sign. Well, sweetheart. all the energy is making us money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So he he kind of like throws this guy Andy Fastow under the bus and. He meets with Bethany the next day to do an interview. They sit in an office for over three hours going over numerous documents. At the end, as others had left the room, Andy turns to the reporter, Bethany, and says, I don't care what you write about the company. Just make us, just don't make us look bad. Oh, Andy. So again, it's like, it's like you want to like hear a good person along this story. And it's just like bad guy after bad guy after bad guy. And I think that's really just like the the like business model that that was like infiltrated and uh-huh. like you know what i mean like they were just like you just need to be a snake and like yes. make us money and like we don't even care yeah so he's like i don't really care what you do just don't make us look bad fastow was known to have <laughs> no moral compass and even set up a fraudulent firm just to purchase enron assets oh and good <laughs> and one thing that i actually read and i didn't include it in my notes but off the top of my head i'm trying to give you like the cliff notes uh-huh. example of it this guy andy fastow he ended up creating a side like um like not a bank account but it was a a firm yeah yeah a firm that um he recruited a bunch of investors to get a, a part of and it was it was all legal but essentially like because of that they raised like millions upon millions of dollars and that even his side project this is even enron his side project resulted in like ten people going to prison for like thirty years. Oh my god! Yeah, 
and that all around. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I this is where I like hate myself for choosing this topic because <laughs> I can't fully give you the best like yeah. ex- explanation. Hey, right answers mostly. Yeah, That's yeah. Right answers yeah. mostly. So so basically, like the the baton gets sort of just passed down <laughs> to like criminal after criminal. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Um, one day randomly in 2001, Jeffrey Skilling just resigned as CEO, just out out of the fucking blue. Kenneth Lay, old Kenny boy, mm-hmm. he's like, all right, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna take over the company again. Which again, what is he doing? Nothing in all of this due time. Like everything's like, but like, this is where I get confused with businesses and how mm-hmm. they give people labels. It's like if if Jeffrey is the CEO, but Kenneth founded the company. What is Kenneth's role? I think I never Kenneth is president then? No, because that dude Louis Begay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the founder. Pres- I think president founder. is actually under CEO. CEO I, I can see. I, yeah. Oh yeah. Is CEO the top job? Chief your chief executive officer. Right. Office. So I it's not important, but it's just like a little tidbit. Yeah, I, totally. I, I just don't get it really. I don't either. get it. Um <laughs> so Kenneth takes over uh Jeffrey's role. Jeffrey's like, I'm out. And we'll hear from him later. But yeah, he's he like and a lot of people speculate he foresaw the downfall of the company and was like, I'm going to get out while we're ahead and just, like, play stupid. Uh, and as you'll see, that that's exactly what he does. Um, just one day later, here comes another woman, Sharon Watkins, <laughs> <Here comes another. laughs> who, who worked under the company CFO, Andy Fastow, sends a letter to Kenneth Lay detailing all the corruption and fraud that she had found in the company. So this woman, Sharon... She apparently, whether through, you know, talking to employees or, like, coworkers, was like, I know what's going on. Like, I know you guys are basically, like. Is she a journalist? Giving or? No, she's an employee. Oh, an employee. Okay. And it, I think it. her conscience was just like, maybe, yeah. like, I can't handle this anymore. It's or, enough. Yeah. She was like, I know you guys are doing something shady. I know your evaluation, like, isn't what you say it is. And you're just fooling people. And I have to, like. I, I I at least have to tell Kenneth, the, the head of it, that, like, I know what you're up to. Yeah. Um, a Wall Street Journal piece is soon later written, and I don't think this was actually Bethany, um, who worked at Fortune, but mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal, I think, in this time period, did a, did a piece on Enron. But Wall Street Journal comes out with a piece that really sort of crumbled everything. Um, it's written about Enron questioning its CFO, Andy Fastow, because he was the guy that kind of got thrown under the bus to talk to the press, and no one had talked to the press before, mm. and his dealings with the company. The piece spreads like wildfire because it, it really, for the first time, allows the public to hear something negative about Enron, and, it, and the investors, a part of Enron, become worried. It's like the first time that like you go from being like the golden goose of mm-hmm. like Wall Street to like maybe a f- total fraud it's like the first critique yeah, yeah. it's uh. like it's like people magazine like spread it, this is like even a stupid example because those are fake rumors this is like actual truth but just but it makes you be like oh yeah, yeah right no, right I it's like when you're like in 7-eleven you're like jennifer aniston <laughs> yeah. never, oh, never having kids again like, yeah and you're, yeah yeah you're like what <laughs> like oh my god yeah and, and it's not that that's a bad. Ex- that's a terrible example. <laughs> no, we understand this. We're big. We understand like, this. Yeah. Or like, I would say, like, someone cheats on someone. You're like, oh, I, I think less of that person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100. Exactly. So this is kind of the equivalent to that, but it's all rooted in, as we'll see, as we'll see soon, in truth. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, shortly after the Wall Street Journal piece, Kenneth Lay, the founder, addresses the entire company. 
for basically words of encouragement while just blocks away. So he kind of, if you know, listeners, if you know Wall Street, or Wall Street, I'm sorry, Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's like uh. big scene where he's like, I'm not fucking leaving. Yep, I, that's what uh, I was think of, thinking. Think exactly of that, and it's this guy, Kenneth Lay, reaching out to his uh, his employees being like, uh. we're fine. I know Wall Street just said this shit about us, but like, mm. I can I can assure you there's no weird shit happening. Like, just yep. just keep keep your heads down and keep making us money. Oh, God. Like, while blocks away, Enron's accounting firm were shredding documents. One of the split ac- <laughs> screen. <laughs> yes, that's bad. The accounting firm's name is Arthur Anderson, and this is where this is a, a a big, big important piece. But Arthur Anderson said that they shredded a one ton of paper. Ton. So I, I didn't want to say a ton of paper. No, it's like one ton. One ton of paper. Paper is so light. Yeah. yeah. Can you oh my God. So think about all those documents. Oh, my God. That mm-hmm. is dark. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh really God. crazy. Oh <laughs> yeah. shredder, we're breaking shredder. You could, like, lay in that and sleep in a ton, on, on top of a ton of paper. millions of paper shredders. Yeah, no kidding. Office. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Over the course of the next month, the company reputation and public perception rapidly declines, Mm -hmm. obviously. I bet. And Enron would soon file for bankruptcy. During this time, though, Enron executives were trying to sell all of their shares that they had owned. In the months leading up to the bankruptcy, Jeffrey Skilling told all of his employees. So this is weird because Skilling resigned, Mm -hmm. but he then, like, reached out back to his, like, current employees being, like, you need to buy more stock because this company's still going up and like stop and like you need to tell people that we're like still on the up and up when he knew damn well that like this was going really bad. Um, Is while he benefiting from it? Yeah, because that means he makes I right. think more money okay, as yeah, right, a, as right, a main right. shareholder. I right. w- I think. Yeah. Um, he's do while he's saying all this, he's selling all of his stocks, Fuck. all well, his shares. That makes oh. his shares more valuable. If exactly. More people, wow. Exactly. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Wow. Yeah. 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 Such a little fuck, but he's so smart. Yeah. It's dirty. It is dirty. Dirty money. Yeah. <laughs> it's dirty money. <laughs> so, as the media began circling the story, criminal investigations were launched. Here's, here's truly, I know I'm saying truly, but like I really do mean that. We love it. Yeah. The sad part of this, of like one of the real, just like, you know. Bad so Mike, this is where we usually say that this is where you take the first Titanic VHS tape out and you put the second one oh, in. Oh, Claire, I'm glad you brought it there. <laughs> uh, that it was beautiful. That is where we are in our story. 